Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. It's Financial Friday again. It's August 28th. I'm sorry if I yelled in your ears there. Uh, John Nicholson is back on the show, which I know y'all wanted. Because, fun fact for you, John, I just ranked the plays for all of our episodes since the beginning of time. Do you want to guess where you're at? Uh, next to last. You're number three, buddy. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Number three. Strong. That doesn't surprise so, me at all. Uh, so, I don't know where y'all want to start, but uh, I will say that uh, Dell and VMware were all over CNBC today. And uh, I was just halfway through listening to Pat Gelsinger's little uh, little interview here whenever we kicked this off. But uh, do, you, do you want to start there, John? Or, or do you want to yeah. start with the fact that like Tesla's up 40,000% today? Oh, or where, no, where we're going to get to that. I Stocks think we start with up. the VMware stuff because I want to know what you found out. And I have had back-to-back meetings today, so I don't know anything about what you saw. Let, let's, start with te- let's start with Tesla, then we'll work our way back to like okay. more traditional infra. Tesla okay. earnings. I haven't seen their earnings, so no, they- I, I haven't either. But I know that they did the uh, the reverse split, right? And of course, that uh, there's been a buzz about all of the other tech companies with very expensive individual stock prices, you know, kind of being interested in potentially doing the same thing. Because there was a sentiment, and I remember, I think this actually came up on a VMware earnings call last year. I, don't, I can't remember if it was an analyst or, or another guest on the earnings call, probably an analyst. I think they're the only ones that get to talk most of the time. But they were they were asking <laughs> that question. It's like, are you considering a, a, a split? Sorry, I said reverse split before. But are you, are you considering a split to drive the cost down to make it more attractive to you know retail investors? And the response on that call was, you know, no, the way that most brokerages can transact now, you can get you know fractional shares and that really just has changed the way investors treat really expensive single share stocks. Um, But clearly that's not true. And I'm guessing that there's just an emotional element associated to looking at Tesla and saying, it's $300, I can afford it now, as opposed to, you know, $1,600 the day before or something like that, right? I I just want to raise the issue here is this, this is increasingly concerning to me because... For those of you who are not, like, we're going to do some basic financial literacy class here. So if a company is worth a billion (laughs) dollars and there is 100,000 shares outstanding, that means each share is worth $10. Which represents the future earnings of the company. Let's be really clear here. Like, that's supposed to mean something. Yeah, that's called, you see, of market capitalization, that is the total value. You divide that by the number of shares outstanding and you have the share price, give or take. The challenge here is, is if you quadruple number of shares, they become a quarter of that, but everyone had one share now has four, so it'd go down to $2.50. The market cap, the value of the company doesn't change based on how many shares are, unless there are shares that are being in, like, net invented for things like, um, and this is something we may get to later, depending on which companies we cover. Uh, so some companies will do buybacks where they basically pull shares off the table. And that's basically we have some extra cash. We don't know what to do with it. Or we could go do something stupid like buy Palm and, you know, run it <laughs> but, uh, I've, but I've seen it. Of, instead of like going a stupid YOLO M&A cycle or we are like we're doing as much R&D as we can, we're just going to buy shares. And that's called a share buyback. They're sometimes vilified, probably unnecessarily. And, and yes, you can fight me on Twitter, lost in our signal about share buybacks. But so that's one way to remove shares and that makes all the shares more valuable inversely you can print shares where you create new shares 
and use that to raise money. Uh, alternatively, you know, and that is a thing that Tesla has been doing, actually, as the shares have been going up, they have been printing net new and diluting the existing shares. You also can give you can also give shares to your employees. It's typically done on a delayed basis, uh, restricted share units or through things like ESP. Very common. Give them at a discount. And that creates net new shares. And so some of these tech companies, um, they have been very tech as a as a whole has been accused of being very fast and loose with printing lots of shares. Um, and so basically a lot of the profits getting handed off to employees in the form of RSUs. Uh, so that's something to to judge you know a company on. Um, and these are some of the things. Tesla has been basically they're rather than borrow money for a while, they've just been printing shares. And the stock price keeps going up. Getting back to the start of this rant, a split should not actually change the, va- the valuation of the company. However, there are enough retail morons, and that's what I'll call them, retail investors <laughs> as opposed to institutional, who there are have their, their little, you know, they're, they're, they're using Robin Hood or something. They're like, oh, I'm going to buy one share. And they're they're like, oh my god, it's it's so much cheaper. It's worth a thousand a share. Like they're completely disconnecting the value. It's going to go back up. Cap. Yeah, this war, this reminds me that those stories you hear to where like the guy who delivers your newspaper, you know, is giving me stock tips like that tells me we're in a bubble market and valuations <laughs> don't matter. Um, that, that is what's scaring me here. Is I, yeah, think- no, I, I would in, be curious. It's scary. In, in whenever you see one of these happens, does does the current price to earnings ratio matter at all of of what you're seeing in the market from any one of these stocks? Does does it get affected by these splits? Do people consider that whenever they're looking at making investments? Because Tesla right now, I think, I could have swore I saw, it was a couple of days ago, uh, that they had a price to earnings ratio of, of well above 1,000, which is, or maybe not well above, but I think they were around. Or, or just it's 1,100 as of this morning. So, okay. Yeah. Pretty strong. The market capitalization of Tesla is $420 billion, which is, where Apple, which is where Apple was, I'm sure, a year ago, you know? Uh, but so that valuation, we have to get down to fundamentals only makes sense. If you don't view them as a car producer, you view them as someone who is a battery producer, who is a, a, a company that is also going to be doing ride sharing. Like if you look at all the potential plays to where they own the future of, okay, if you stack them all together, then maybe this valuation could make sense. I view them as stark industries. I don't know if that's relevant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you've like you're starting to reach the point where like there's so many hits have to be done and that's why i i think t- i'm not i'm not going to be the person who says tesla is overvalued because, <laughs> then you'll start, because i will get then turned we'll, into a meme then, then people will show up on your lawn with pitchforks well no it'll just go up if you, i mean if you <laughs> say it's true, overvalued true. it'll yeah, just go yeah, up in fact that's i would say yeah it's overvalued stonks only go up yeah, <laughs> betting against Elon Musk is a foolish, foolish thing to do on the street. I think really? he's just—I think he's just trying to drive it to four hundred twenty billion. Like that's, uh, that's the joke for him. He's almost there. No, it is four twenty billion. It actually is this morning. Four hundred. It's four seventeen point two two. Oh, it Round just up. went down. Yeah, no, I hit refresh. So let's move on to the next. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Move on. Actually, before we jump straight into the finances, there, why don't why don't we uh, speculate on what Neuralink is going to be about later today? Right? I, I didn't see what. When time does that When does that happen? It's, so it's three p.m. Pacific. There you go. Ah, three okay. p.m. Pacific. So, five p.m. Central. Five, so hour five p.m. Central time. So, so quick, speculate. What's he actually going to show? Why is he doing this? He's not the only player in the space. Obviously, there are a couple yep. of smaller companies that are doing the similar stuff. Some of it uh, even far more you know, scaled out and like the medical community, I saw a little bit about, but, um, 
What what do we think he's actually going to show us today? I think he's going to show us the first steps towards a real-world version of Deus Ex, which is probably Elon Musk's favorite video game, which is why he invests in this area. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm you not going to speculate. <laughs> <laughs> that's my thought. That, that's, John no. seconded it. No. John agreed. Denied. We're... Two two out of four right here. We got and then well uh, that are so you're the you're the tiebreaker here. I I suspect they're going to show you know an actual human that they've done this on. They're going to announce some level of of they'll have some nifty demo. Um, you guys still got to realize he had another startup that was doing AI that I think was like playing Dota if I recall correctly. Yep, they were. Um, they, so they I sucked at the beginning, but I think they've beaten a pro team now. Oh, no. Yeah, no. What I'm waiting to see is he's got a pro team that he's backing to where he's already put the implant in them, and now they're just going to crush everyone. Yeah, yep. so that, that I, actually does that. sound reasonable. Um, I, I didn't know all of the background there, but that's one of those because it's, I, I actually feel like that's a fairly easy environment to show whether or not something is truly enhancing a human's ability to do it, right? It's, yeah. it, it's tough to prove that. If, if you think about Dota, so the thing that makes it interesting is it's like basically real-time chess, but with 10,000 pieces and multiple people involved at the same time. And so you have right. – someone did a uh, an analysis of all the different things and variables that a Dota player has to keep track of every second within a game, and it's several hundred things. So if you wow. think about that from the standpoint of an AI, that or, or enhancing a human's ability to do that, uh, that that has huge implications. So that's why the AI needed to learn. They didn't have the exposure at first to all the different things they needed. And the very first time they showed it at a TI event, they I mean, the AI got destroyed. But within a year, it became competitive. And I think by year two, it actually started winning some of these matches well, just because they learned all those variables. And so that you can't see any of this and that it can be hidden. And then you can get ultra doping in the video or, or esports industry because that'd be cool. Yeah, of course it'll be hidden. Yeah, you can wear a hat if you want. My prediction is it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be very, um, it's not going to be, well, all right. So he, he has said it's going to blow your mind, right? But I think from a, the, the spectrum perspective, it's going to be on the, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Press, where's, where's the power button on a human so that you hold down to, <laughs> to, to reboot? Well, it's it's fundamentally um, but, a read-only well, interface right now is the thing to remember, and so it's it's not going to necessarily control anything, but it'll be it, no it'll fun. be just think yeah. about the statement that you just made, John. The the thing they're sticking in our brain is fundamentally a read-only interface. <laughs> you think I mean, it's, it's going to be read-only? Where's, where's the Facebook version? I hope it's going to be read-only. Read so my my prediction though is it's going to do something around restoring brain or motor function, right? Either restoring, that's where I'm going to place the, the bigger part of my bet. If he wants the regulators not bet. to hate him, yeah, making making some making some kid be able to walk or someone yes. be able to talk. That's right. Who's, or hear who's again. quadriplegic, yep. or, you know, and can't, yeah. has, is missing some function. Yep. That would be the way you get the regulators to fast track. Exactly. And then you go do the evil stuff, you know, on your volcano island that you're planning as a like you know, winning Dota. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then the other side of it is um, adding you know, capabilities that humans don't have. Right? Yeah. That's where I, I tend to lean towards the, it's going to be something that shows minor or even better major, depending on how far along they've come, but uh, improvement in some 
factor of human life and likely focused on someone that has some kind of either birth disability or, uh, you know, something that happened later in life and they're bridging a gap that we so far haven't been able to do. And then of course, just being able to show that they've got a lot of success in the, um, non-invasive brain surgery, which is what this is effectively going to require. Right. So yeah. Anyways, I'm pumped about it. I'm going to bring us back into financial Friday. Uh, we've only talked about Tesla so far. Uh, I don't know if you want to touch on, uh, either Dell or VMware that was announced today. Uh, zoom is being announced on Monday. If you want to make some predictions there, if we want to talk about how we feel like, uh, that's been going for them, uh, with the, the launch of, uh, of, of kids virtually at school. Uh, we saw some issues there. Uh, pick your so, pick your poison there, John. So I'll I'll hit Zoom. We'll, we'll go quick because we don't have too much time here. So Zoom, I'll I'll hit on quick. It's the thing to think about as well. You know, your your mom may be using it for her book reading club. Um, the revenue is going to come from enterprises. It's not even going to come from education. Is yeah, you know, there'll be some money there, but that's enterprises are where the money comes from. And Zoom has a lot of these free users, but there's not necessarily a clear monetization path to all of them. Um, that said, Teams is still an apocalyptic dumpster fire that should be, you know, <laughs> it, it, Microsoft has ruined Skype. You know, Skype for Business was a failure. OCS was a failure. Link was a failure. Uh, they've ruined Skype. I can I, I bet that we, we will 20 years from now, you know, we'll hopefully I'll be retired and we'll still be discussing how Microsoft can't execute properly in the collaborative space with a with a functioning product. Um, I think Zoom will continue to dominate the space, but I think people are looking at these numbers of all these free users and overestimating how much revenue drag. I think if you look at, say, Slack, which, you know, they've been much more focused on the collaborative space and and staying true to the people who actually have revenue and money. Um, I I think Zoom will do fine. It'll be around. Um, I think it'll continue to crush its competitors, but Slack is more interesting to me, frankly. They actually have a higher PE ratio. Who does? Zoom has a higher Zoom. PE ratio than Tesla. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Zoom is probably overrated. Wow. I don't think it's their fault. I think they're executing well, but I think people are looking at the wrong numbers. That's probably a timing thing related to that as well, I'd imagine. I, I wonder imagine from a Zoom perspective, you mentioned Slack, and I was going to bring them up. I, I feel like they indirectly compete against each other at times. Do you Do you think there's going to be more direct crossover like are we going to start seeing zoom build into that collaboration space uh, more from uh you know sharing of documents and and you think you're going to turn into like a team slack kind yeah of thing? like that's what i'm wondering because we we yeah. talked about you know we were talking about teams, teams is doing and, and kind of yeah. how they're doing it because yeah. they're a little bit of both right teams and is i'm just wondering if there's an element there because i'm using <laughs> a lot more teams i really am and and it is hit and miss much like Right, John described, yeah. but we are using more of it, whether because customers are starting to leverage it, uh, or just because yeah. you know everyone in our company, I think, has a license for it. I did four quick uh, phone calls through Teams this morning. Somebody sent me a texted me a question through there. I called him real quick, had a thirty second chat. Never had to touch my phone. It just worked. I, I mean, I say it's more than SharePoint for sure. But yeah, uh, what, but what's like interesting, you, you know, because <laughs> if you look at. Uh, most of you know that I, I'm on the 1.19 release team for Kubernetes. We use two tools, right? We use Slack for persistent communication for asynchronous work. And then for synchronous work, like meetings, we use Zoom. You know, we, we use those two tools together. And it obviously works just fine. I just wonder if there is going to be a time where they're going to start crossing each other's paths a little bit more directly as opposed to being somewhat complementary to each other. So Zoom, I think, is just laser-focused on 
on the call and conference experience. I think there's a, um, and also they'll probably get into the PBX market, which is more the ancillary market um, as traditional voice is dying anyways. Um, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of legs to grow there. Slack, I think is going to compete more with teams and that asynchronous collaboration space. So if you look at how grid works, one of the smart things I think they did was rather than them focus on being a document store, they'll plug into whatever filing cabinet you have. So box, sure. Dropbox, they'll work with SharePoint. They don't care. Like kind of that agnostic approach. Whereas teams is deeply tied to Microsoft as the backend document store. Yeah. It's that, that, it, that entrench and extend, you know, behavior. And I think as more and more companies, um, particularly some of these startups, you know, traditional enterprises all have 365, they all have office, like they've got that yep. as a backing. But um, this argument of, well, we already have the license and it's free. When my experience with Teams is if it's a meeting that involves external parties to a company, you need to add 10 minutes of padding for everyone to somehow <laughs> get into the stupid meeting <laughs> yep. or make the app work. Yeah, it's um, always if you look at that cost versus the cost of labor that I don't know what Zoom is, you know, at an enterprise scale, but I assume it's 10 to 15 a month per head. That is a rounding error versus the the wasted labor. So, yeah. I mean, Teams is great for just like collaborating on an Excel file, like A plus. They've got that down. Although Google Docs is, you know, there, although, you know, Google and enterprise is fun. But uh, it's I, I think Microsoft, I mean, they I still have just basic qu- call quality issues. Um, yes, yeah, that is and ab- I don't that have is that on other platforms. True. It, one thing Lots I've noticed is that uh, Zoom will deprioritize video heavily if there's any problems, yep. and it adjusts dynamically the resolution on whoever's talking. Uh, well, Teams will have beautiful, like it looks like a 4K stream on the video. They prioritize hear video over audio, which which just shows like a fundamental lack of like <laughs> of UC engineering understanding. You don't um, really understand why we're here, do you? Well, maybe it was originally intended for games of charades remotely, and that's what they wanted to focus Good on. Good thinking. That's probably it. <laughs> All right. No, no, enough right. about that. Me- There's something we got to touch on before we jump anywhere else because it's Financial Friday, and I don't feel yeah. like in the current climate you can't not comment. Ooh. What do you think about crypto right now, John? Bitcoin has sustained higher than a $10,000 per coin price tag for the longest period since its inception. Checking my so, portfolio. I, I the, again, my problem with crypto is um, it, it's tracking with the market. So, I mean, when the market took a dive, Bitcoin did, did was not the flight to safety. Like yeah. it fell too. So, Didn't it I think, really diverge from gold though. Thought I saw a headline about that. The problem is gold is a lot of people they don't buy actual gold; they buy the yeah, of course, and those dove. Yeah. So, like. Your flights to safety right now and with interest rates at nothing mean a lot of crazy stuff is happening. People are buying on splits. Uh, People are giving $700 million bailout loans with (laughs) sketchy terms to people who I wouldn't have given money to. Like all kinds of, you know, just strange stuff is happening. And this is what happens when, you know, interest rates are bouncing off a negative. Yep. People are people are desperate for yield. Yeah. And they're looking for anywhere where they think they can they can make money, too. Right. I still think that that shows just a distinct lack of focus on the technology behind any one of the various cryptos. And and so much of the focus is on just the the scarcity and the value piece of it that they just equate it the same way they do market behavior. Exactly. Speculation, 100%. And so that's the one thing that I think that maybe initially wasn't really the idea, but it turned into the idea because it happened to be another form of a commodity that could be traded and so it no it's no surprise that it follows that same type of behavior it's just i guess somewhat disappointing for a lot of the people who joined it for different reasons probably 
Okay, my turn. My turn. Uh, John, I'm going to throw three uh, companies at you that all have earnings reports on either Monday or Tuesday. You get to pick which one you want to talk about. Okay. I'm going to give you Rackspace, RXT. I'm going to give you Build-A-Bear Workshop, BBW, and Nutanix, NTNX. Which one you want to talk about? Uh, did Nutanix just have earnings yesterday? They did. Uh, no, it's uh, on the first, it looks uh, like. I swore I saw it. Uh, I got to Google. I mean, was it was it early? Everything else in the news, not earnings. Yeah, they, they have, there's a lot of news going on, but their earnings is on the first. Oh, no, what? Oh, no, look. Yeah. Like they announced on the 27th. They did. Yeah, they That's did an weird. early announcement. Well, well, no, the they, first. They, they tend to announce on the same day as VMware, which I just assume is an epic troll to try to be compared. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. so it sounds like we're going there instead of Build-A-Bear. So I don't do know think? why. I was excited about Build-A-Bear. <laughs> Build-A-Bear is exciting. I think the second that we're all out of out of quarantine, people who have kids or want to go want to go somewhere with their child and do something. Yeah. Um, I long Build-A-Bear, probably undervalued. <laughs> it is. It's like two dollars. <laughs> also, it's like two dollars a share right now. Also, it's, people it's have been. Also, people have been cooped up. Cooped up. They're and, ready for zombie. Uh, we're going to get a lot of kids so in let nine me tell you this. at the end of COVID. So. so let me tell you this. You're you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm actually I'm long Hasbro. Like full disclaimer, I hold Hasbro for that reason. I was like, people are people are going to want toys. The Chinese manufacturing capacity is back online for that stuff, and there's going to be a ton of extra kids. And people are locked up with their kids right now and desperate for anything to distract them. So yeah. I'm long all the toys. So I walked into a, a Yamaha dealership, Yamaha Motors Wave Runners, the other day, thinking, okay, we're getting there to the end of the season. Maybe I can get like a cheap jet ski or something, right? They are all sold out 100% across the nation. You can put $500 down and they'll order you one and it'll get delivered in 45 days and you're paying MSRP. So that's the yeah. situation on on Lake Toys around the nation. Their boats, like you can, dude, I mean, go try to talk to your local marine dealer and tell them you want to buy something. They don't have it. Try and go awesome. get a pool put in. <laughs> you're you're going yeah. to wait longer. That, that is amazing. Time. Yeah, like it's well, was, so many people trying to get them. So this mirrors the so if you had any friends who were in Beijing, you know, around the time of SARS, this mirrors some discussions I had with some friends over there. Is they said after SARS hit, you know, you went from everyone using mass transit to everyone who could get a car. Get a now car. it's yeah. very hard to get a license plate and things like that. But you know, it, it does not shock me, particularly motorcycles on the dense urban areas where there's no parking or parking is you know. Super more scary. expensive than having yeah. a child. Um, that <laughs> yeah, people would want a motorcycle. Um, there, there's pe- people have been cooped up. They want to do stuff. So, um, I bought a house. So, so back to the original response. question, Russ, are you the new CEO of Nutanix? Is that what I heard? I'm not, I, um, I, did, I did put in my application. Uh, it is out there. It's public. It's a public application. I just, by request on, sure. on, on, on Twitter. Yes. By request, they definitely reached out. So, um, so, I am not yet, but I'm going through the process and uh, just negotiating the terms, you know? Well, the, the you're, if you're negotiating with Bain Capital, um, good luck. Um, <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's well, they're not fine. they're not Elliot man. You know, they're not Elliot management. Like they haven't bankrupted a nation and seized a naval vessel and, and a port. Um, Bain is. I, I've I've known some people there, and they write really good terms for themselves. So that'll that'll be a fun role as CEO. Um, well, you know, quite frankly, I think I'm going to come in a little bit uh, softer than most experienced CEOs, and uh, they, they might actually like the deal that I'm offering. So You'll be I, think, the I think we can make this mutually the, the beneficial. Yeah, I so, mean, you know, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. 
So getting to that deal real quick, uh, obviously, um, Daraj is out. He had said basically over my dead body, this I'll sell this company. Yeah. He clearly this is a, you know Bain showing up. Uh, Bain does private equity. These guys, Bain doesn't. Bain doesn't. They're not set up to hold positions super long in public companies. That's not how they function. Nope. So that tells me that if they're coming in with money and they're pushing out the CEO who said we're not going to sell or do anything different, um, you're going to see on the market. Company, yeah. You're going to see one of two things. You're going to see a a sale. Or you're going to see the company taken private, you know, a leveraged buyout, that kind of thing. I don't think that's happening. Who's buying them? Uh, so the, the two, <laughs> two companies have yesterday, the, John. Two companies have the equity that I would say, just looking through the, you know, I'd say either Oracle. Um, no, they're buying or, TikTok. Or no, Walmart's buying TikTok now. That's right. Walmart, yeah, Walmart and Oracle are... The, the, the TikTok <laughs> deal makes a lot of sense. So it'd be either Oracle or HPE, but... Um, <laughs> You want to talk about TikTok? That one's fun. I think that is a brilliant move by Walmart and Microsoft. Microsoft Explain has clearly that to had us. some, yeah. Microsoft's clearly had some kind of gentleman's agreement not for LinkedIn to step in on Facebook and vice versa. <laughs> and I think this is a clear shot across the bow. Um, TikTok, because of how they're structured, has captured all kinds of creepy data. And you know, Walmart would be able to monetize what families are wanting to buy as largest retailers, um, getting better visibility into what trends are happening and things like that. Also, just using TikTok as a source of SSO to like log in and buy things in the Walmart app. There, there's a million ways to play that. Man, uh, that one. So we were we were chatting about this, uh, Russ, Aaron, and I earlier today, and and I, you know, I basically said like I don't get it. I I do understand. I think what bothers me about it is that the the synergies Walmart has with TikTok is your data. Like that's it. That's all the synergy is. It's you're their customer. TikTok has your data. Slam those things together. It's like, ah, that's cringy, but I get it. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. not like taking short videos and throwing bad music on it and Walmart have anything in common. It's it is interesting. I will tell you that, and, and I, I will. I, I'm honest. I don't actually understand TikTok. I don't know the ins and outs of it. But I was uh, shooting a few baskets at an outdoor court yesterday morning, and and there was a guy about my same age, uh, mid thirties, I would I would guess, and he kept trying to set up his phone for something, and I thought he was trying to get a shot of him doing something with basketball, which admittedly is something a lot of us have done. So I went over and I was like, "Hey, man, do you need help getting a shot?" And he goes, "Uh," and <laughs> He didn't want to say anything to me. He goes, no, I'm, I'm trying to do a TikTok right now. <laughs> and and uh, it was just a really funny moment. And I said to him, I was like, I was like, are you trying to get that in before it gets banned? And he goes, honestly, I'm actually concerned about it. So yeah, I, I really am. That's so amazing. it was just a funny thought that, uh, that I had around TikTok and seeing someone that I, I, I guess I kind of view it as something mostly younger, uh, younger kids are using, but someone in their mid thirties was out making a basketball TikTok. Uh, it's big, man. It's the thing though is, I mean, th it's getting all kinds of creepy data. It's going to know where you are, what you, where you go. Um, they, they're tracking Mac addresses, which they weren't supposed to. So they'll be able to t tie devices back to location. Copying clipboard. Walmart is probably behind in that data arms race and retail. So oh, it'll for help sure. Them there. Microsoft yeah. would love to be able to get into social. That's not just B2B. Um, and this is this is an opportunity there. The regulators probably would have opposed this deal under in a normal real world situation. But since the current regime, which you know may or may not be here that much longer, is wanting anyone who's yeah. an American company to end up owning these assets, 
um, this is their opportunity to make a, a bold expansion before the regulatory hammer comes down further on tech and privacy. And, and their so, CEO just stepped down too. He yeah, did. and that's really that tells me that he probably was doing something mm-hmm. sketchy because he probably had some great golden parachute lined up for the sale. And the fact that he got pushed out right before the deal closed tells me something, you know, that's that this is starting to remind me of like the Uber, you know, CEO or something like that. Like Travis, this is something probably sketchy is going on with him. It's yeah. funny. I had the same thought. I, I read that he had stepped down and I thought to myself, I was like, why in the world? You don't would- distract <laughs> right before a deal like this unless you have you've got some really bad skeletons <laughs> in the closet that the Wall Street Journal or somebody's about to run. Yeah, I think that's probably a really good point. All right. Are we do we hit the end here? I think so. Let's Anything else you yeah, want to talk about, John? Anything you were excited about, John? I mean, we I, we didn't really talk about the the Dell VMware earnings uh, that came out yesterday, but the general trend, obviously, uh, that we're seeing in tech is tech is being incredibly resilient in earnings. Um, the over you know exuberance in tech stocks has held pretty well. Infrastructure in general, I know Pure uh, managed to scrape some growth somehow, even. Um, yeah, it's the, Which the infrastructure is not happening space in their segment. Is, yeah, the cloud way, is cloud is hot, but traditional enterprise infrastructure, which is still the majority of the spend, is is doing well. Um, it's it's continuing to execute through very very difficult times. There's a uh, grit, as I think uh, what I've heard Pat call it. So, yeah, uh, were you triggered by the the questions? So the questions led off to both Michael and Pat. Were uh, can you comment on? Maybe it was just like one section I saw. Maybe it wasn't the first question, but can you comment on cloud versus on-prem? That still just triggers me to my core. Yeah. You guys? It's, no? Am I alone uh, in that? No. Well, no, no. Having silence hurt my feelings. <laughs> you can, you can, well, and, and it, you know, the whole point of hybrid cloud is to blur that and offer a, a common operating model end to end. And that's part of why VMware has been successful with with VMC and and the other partnerships with the thousands of hosting providers and other things, as well as the automation tooling and container tooling to provide common control planes end to end. And inversely, you're seeing that, you know, Microsoft trying with their various bazillion different Azure hub, Azure stack, you know, throw mm, things at the yeah. wall, trying to bring Azure on-prem. You've got uh, outposts from AWS. Uh, Oracle will announce something, but I think it costs $10 million to where they'll do Oracle Cloud in your data right. center. Um, well, so so you're right in that it's hybrid, right? That's that's one of the answers, but it's not. So it's just a, it's a false dichotomy, right? It's yeah. not one or the other. It's both. And at the same time, when you say cloud, you're talking about an operating model in which the on-prem world is shifting to, yeah. right? The, the so experience I, is I happening, think, whether it's in your own data center or you're leveraging somebody else's data center. You know, when you ask the question, I, the reason why I didn't have an answer is because I just didn't know like what the yeah. context was. Like, and, I, and I'm hoping they gave more context in the question. No, that's how... That's how and, and Mike, because so, that's, that's how that just seems strange off. to me. Yeah, when well, you saw the Register article. The analysts are struggling to understand this. Sorry. And that part of this challenge comes from the fact that, to be blunt, Silicon Valley is paying better than, than Wall Street is. It used to be the analysts were the smartest people in finance and, you know, iBankers were the, they, they had to pay the highest salaries. So they had the smartest people. They would hire them away. Um, that's not really true anymore. So frankly, I, and I don't want to throw shade at any one specific analyst here, but just the entire community, um, they're getting the B team now of the business school grads. 
and it's it's starting to show and some of these analysts just completely can't wrap their head around or they start calling companies that have absolutely nothing cloud like cloud it's kind of like when that tea company you know put put crypto in their you know it started claiming to issue a crypto coin and their the, the price went up 10x like i feel like um it's really it's it's honestly almost painfully easy to confuse analysts and that's uh and and that 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 shows with some of their valuations and their questions. Yeah, you know, it's amazing because we tend to over rotate a lot in our own industry, so not even not even thinking about like the the analyst side of it. But you know, I talk to people all the time, and there's it's funny. There people will talk about the demise of a certain technology because a new technology comes out, or the demise of on prem because cloud is becoming more proliferant. And and I like to point to certain examples, and and I'll Main give frames. you one. They're still so, here. Going, yeah, main, mainframes. <laughs> Are still sold, and and I tried. I gave this example to someone who told me that they they were not going to invest in anything else on premises, which is honestly perfectly fine. Like we still have ways to work with them in that regard. But I just tried to explain to them: listen, there's a large car manufacturer. I won't say who they are, but it was uh, you know in in the United States who bought 90 petabytes of tape, and they're like, okay, cool. And I'm like, guess what the use case was for? And it was for self driving cars. <laughs> So it was an extremely modern use case that was buying one of the absolute oldest forms of technology in order to support it. And there's more tape sold today than ever from a from a raw capacity basis. That's absolutely, and, and and that's something I, I just think people don't understand uh, is that these things don't just happen overnight. Heck, it just the uh, the various I think was it is it COBOL that's still running everywhere and causing all these issues with like the unemployment uh, payment systems. I mean, just stuff sticks around. And it doesn't change overnight. And I just think that we just have this tendency to over-rotate and overreact to the change that is happening in front of us. And it makes us forget sort of what is behind and that we've been doing for a long time and probably will still be doing quite a bit you, for a long time. You shouldn't call something legacy that accounts for 90% <laughs> of your revenue. <laughs> and, it, and it's also interesting to call something legacy in using legacy as like a derogatory term. Right. I mean, legacy yeah. can be very positive. Well, but inversely, there's also uh, the confusion between where people have something that likes not being maintained anymore, and they just kind of shove in the corner, and they're not they're not patching it, they're not securing it, they're not migrating it, and it's becoming like an accrued dead liability. And that's not legacy; that's toxic IT. You have like, I was like a say, isn't that a standard business practice? It needs a new name because <laughs> yeah. I see it all the time. <laughs> all right, what else do we need to get to? What other stocks do we need to talk about? Shoot, I'm sure we could go on for uh, days. John, you were pretty triggered. So let me, I'll push it this way. John, you were triggered about, uh, there was some guy talking about 401k and how oh, it's the dumbest thing it. ever to put your money in it. Oh, yes. Can I, so this can I push you that direction? Yeah. So this this was a guy. So there's actually a whole like group on TikTok and and like, you know, you're seeing them on TikTok and Instagram where they're posting like these videos and be like, look, I'm a day trader and I'm young and I'm hip. And it's it's very much reminding me of like you know some of the past run ups to where everyone and their dog is is offering financial advice and th- this guy is saying that you shouldn't put money in your four hundred one k because you're not going to see that money it's not real it's going to take forever and anytime someone is telling you to do that offering a a free or low cost investment conference at the local holiday and and saying oh you shouldn't invest in stocks you should invest in something that's highly illiquid like real estate they or something. They are preying on you. Um, you are the prey. That's all yeah. that is. He was telling you 
Yeah, I watched the video you were referencing, and he basically said that you'll you will come out with about one percent return on your money over the next several decades if you leverage your four hundred one k. Absolutely yeah. devoid it's, of reality. Uh, right, because and, you can also is, pick. And you're getting yeah. you're getting matched funds from your um, your employer, right? And you can pick how you invest those funds, and even if you can't. Right. Implying that the tax benefit right. is zero, implying that just because you, you can't pick individual stocks, which a lot of accounts don't allow people, to, you know, fund administrators don't allow. Right. It, it is absolutely absurd to think that it is a bad investment vehicle, especially if you're getting free money from your employer. Yeah. Free pre-tax money that's then matched. Yeah. So, I mean, it's. it's yeah, so I I'm very aggressive on you know 401ks and all these things. Um, yeah, obviously you should fund the match to the max first. If you have an HSA, yeah. you should max that. You should then go make sure the HSA is being invested in something. Um, if your HSA management sucks, you can always roll that to an external HSA or do that there. That's a good point though. That um, HSAs but with do the, usually require you to go into your account and actually check a box that says invest over a certain amount, right? So. If, if you've got an agent and, 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 and do be aware, there are opportunities. That, yeah, there are options for a lot of fees you got to be careful of. So like our HSA has some like, we'll provide you a dedicated money manager for 2%. Like, no, go away. Um, but even like, you know, some things to look at with your, your 401k is like, for instance, if you use Fidelity, there's brokerage link. So they may offer you like three or four funds. You may be like, well, I want something more than these funds. You can go do that. I mean, oftentimes, I mean, uh, Tyler and I can actually be, you know, T-Money and I, we can be crazy. We could do 3X leveraged ETFs in our, our 401k somehow. Um, beyond that pre-tax money, also look at post-tax. Uh, if your plan supports and plan conversion to Roth 401k, uh, that is an amazing loophole to shove even more money beyond the maximums in there. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm all about that. These things, and that's the things like- but, but getting back to the charlatan, the scammy dude. Um, and these various people who are promising this, I've seen some people I even know and kind of respect this industry are like, I'm day trading options or I'm, or even worse, like for, foreign exchange, I'm doing leveraged foreign exchange. Like that is a zero sum game. And you're playing against people who have billions of dollars. Like, um, th- this stuff is kind of reaching insanity. And, you know, these people are taking probably, they're making good money probably, but they're taking that money comes yeah, at the cost of risk. risk. I mean, at the end of the day, you're looking for alpha, you're looking for gains, that go above the risk you're taking on. Um, and if somebody's promising you, like this guy was promising 20% returns. Uh, if someone's promising you 20% returns, it is a risky investment. And I mean, promising is also insane. Um, but, I mean, think, think yeah. about yeah. that. It's a, it's promising a bold statement. promise someone 20% yeah. returns, you could offer as a middle person to get their money in your hands and you would take 20% and give them 10 and they would gladly take that deal. A 10% Correct. guaranteed and return. And you could also just game. do it yourself. Yeah, he wouldn't need, exactly. He wouldn't need to take other people's money or to sell something. He would just invest and get 20% yeah. and live off of that. Yeah, if, 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 if you've got the secret cheat code to print money, you're not going to be selling someone access to no. your stock tips for no, $100. Not at all. That's right. If you can time you're, travel you're, you're and predict pro- the future... Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not sharing that with anybody. 
That is that is so true. The other one was he. There was a. I, I didn't actually listen to it. I saw it on YouTube. I was reading the subs, but um, I noticed one thing he said was that you don't have access to four hundred one k money, which is patently false. You can borrow against four hundred one ks whenever you want. It is one of the easiest ways to borrow money because it it is instantaneously collateralized against itself. Right. Um, it's not like a margin call, which is similar, but there's no entity that's going to come back and say, oh, you have to pay it all back today, right? That's not how 401ks work. So you could borrow against it. You pay yourself back that interest rate. This is generally not something you want to do on a regular basis, but saying you don't have access to it is is nuts. Uh, so yeah, no, that, that was garbage. And now I'm angry because I don't like when people go pray <laughs> okay, on Okay, we'll shut people. it down. So on that yeah, yeah, shut it down we gotta get back to work. too angry. I've got a red face. That's it. Shut it down. Yell into your mic because your headset. That's the end of another tech breakfast podcast. I don't know what happened to my mic. It uh, it went sideways. So sorry if you guys are if if it sounds bad on your end. But uh, we love to have you on the show, John. Thank you for joining us. We will absolutely have you back on here. We'll try to do these uh, financial Fridays every so often. Get a cadence going. It's always a pleasure. Listeners, thank you for joining us on the show. We had a blast at this. If there's anything we missed, if there's companies tickers you want us to track. Or you want to come join us, let us know. Thanks for subscribing. Do that, by the way. Give us a rating. Go into your favorite podcast app. Throw some stars down. And thank you. Peace out, everybody.